and it's more than a joy being here this Sunday morning. Uh, sorry, I'm sounding a little bit odd. I'm doubling my face mask actually. Uh, COVID is real. Welcome to Impact with Refine. What we do is we get people's lives started and we lace it with the Word of God because it's the cornerstone of everything. It's the foundation of everything. If you don't have the Word of God in you, then it's problematic. It's the foundation of everything. And it's only what will keep us going in times like this. I'll say two things. Number one, do everything you can to keep the peace. Please. Speak peace, preach peace, stand for peace every time. Tempers might be rising right now, but stand for peace. Let peace reign. Secondly, it's been an emotional roller coaster for me this week. And uh, COVID 19 is real. I lost somebody very dear to me. Uh, the father of some of my siblings, which is automatically sort of like a stepfather to me. And it's, it's an emotionally trying period. And I lost another friend due to COVID-19. It is real. Let us take precautions. Let us do everything to save our own lives. I know you have your right to be angry. I know you have your right to say, oh, the reason I don't believe in this is because they ate palliative money. Yes, you have a right of anger, but please. The science says it's real. We have seen the impact. It's dastardly. It's a tough time for all of us. 2020 is going to, 2021 is going to be a year of a lot of opportunities. Somebody said, Rafai, why would you say that amidst all of this COVID-19 thing? Because every crisis brings a new layer of opportunity. And every crisis brings an understanding which if a lot of people take out time to make that connection they'll see beyond what is happening 2021 is a year that you will break forth if you create value and I'll speak about value extensively today because I've still been talking about things that help people break forth in 2021 Yes, the conventional understanding of work might have been daunted by COVID-19. But like the Bible says, God is still looking for people to lift up. And despite how dark the times is, or the times are, I should say, the measures will be pressed down, shaking together, running over. That's going to be some of this reality. But it's incumbent on your capacity to create value. That's what will make you unique. It is very sad that a lot of people complain about poverty, but they can't create value. Somebody was just sharing with me how they had to close down a logistic business. They bought multiple bikes, but they can't see somebody to ride those bikes. It is sad that in a country that we shout so much about poverty, you don't even have responsible artisans to do a job, to ride a bike, to create value in the distribution line. 
the mindset is very warped among artisans that everybody wants to get rich overnight. Not everybody would drive a Mercedes. Even Carl Benz that made a Mercedes didn't make it for everybody. If he made it for everybody, Mercedes would be as cheap as dirt. Even the guys of the Bavarian Motor Works that make the BMW didn't make it for everybody. People that had the intention of making a car for everybody, even today, it's not the same. The cars that said they were made for everybody was Ford Model T in the 30s. That, that was Henry Ford's goal, that every American should be able to drive a car. But today, almost everybody wants to drive luxurious cars on the street, and that's why Nigeria has a large volume of luxurious cars on very bad roads perspective and thinking you know i'll tell you the truth the way it is so we've become a society of so much aspiration which is a good thing but sometimes it's a senseless aspiration because it doesn't give credit to work and it's a society that i've run on the cycle of free money so much and a lot of rent seeking so people can get money because one of their family members was elected local government councillor and he gets out the job and the contracts and all of that. So it's just been a society of patronage. And when you have that, no real value is created. But the kind of country we should build is the country of value. When you go back in the Bible, the earliest of earliest created value. If you remember the story of Jacob and Esau, you'll see a lot of value creation. They had a handiwork that they did. Some tended the gardens, some did otherwise. So there was a value creation. But you see, the problem in our society is we are de-emphasizing the value. The Bible says, I will bless the work of your hands. It didn't say, I will bless the rent-seeking of your hands. So the big question is, society should now start thinking about the value it can create collectively. Because it's in the place of collective creation of value that poverty is eradicated. And that's why I said, man wasn't created poor by God. Poverty is a man-made invention because man seeks to stop creating value. That's why poverty became the order of the day. I once went to a city in Germany called Wolfsburg. Most of the people in Wolfsburg work in the Volkswagen factory. In fact, the city was created because there was a VW factory there. I went to that city myself. I saw it myself. At what point am I trying to make in Wolfsburg? Unemployment wasn't really a big deal because there was a value creation plan that a lot of people could work. So the mindset and intention should be around once you create value, it gives other people the chance to be able to find their spark and start to live their dreams. So this year, if it's a year of opportunities for you, the question you should ask yourself is what value are you ready to create? There are two types of value that run the economic level of every country. The first value is you being part of another person's value creation. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with working for another person. You can find your purpose doing that. Not everybody will own their business. 
and you being the point person in creating that value by starting your own business. Some will work for other people before they can start their own. The most important thing is that everybody in society must have a capacity of a certain threshold of value they create. And it's the aggregation of that threshold of value they create is what they call the gross domestic product. Or better still, for a better calculation, is the gross national product. Because when you aggregate the value created by Nigerians in Nigeria and Nigerians in other parts of the world, we've not been able to effectively capture the one for Nigerians in other parts of the world. But the data we capture as regards that is the quick data about remittances. So we can say, okay, they create some certain of value, but it's sending 25 billion, it used to be back to Nigeria. Why am I saying all of this? Because it has to be the essence. All your cry and shout and all your label will be in vain if you don't create value. And ask yourself, how can you create value? And the Word of God has shown us. When you traverse the Bible, the Word of God has shown us. It says, I have given you the capacity. It says, ye are God's. And when you check through the Bible, everybody has a threshold of creating value. Most of the disciples of Jesus were doing something. Some were fishermen when they were picked up. Some were into tent making. There used to be a popular slogan back in the days that I used to see. I'd see on people, they'd say, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. They're talking about Jesus. We know our Lord Jesus even had a handiwork. Despite his life work was for the redemption and the refacilitation of our souls with Christ. He had an handiwork. So there was value created. And two things about values. Number one, yes, creating the value. Number two, scaling the value. Where the wealth comes in is when you can scale the value created. Trust me, this thing I'm telling you will be one of the most important messages you'll hear this year. Because if you lock onto this, then it's finished. You're on your way to success. Apart from creating the value, scaling the value. You see, the problem with us in this part of the world is that we just stay at the point of creating the value. We don't do the work at scaling the value. Scaling means improving the scale, the mass of that value. So, yes, we celebrate the fact that some people produce cars in Nigeria. But how much car do they produce? The biggest producer of car in Nigeria will probably do 10,000 cars a year. One of the biggest producers of cars in the world, Toyota, will do 10 million cars in that same year. So why would Toyota make a dent on the Japanese economy and the biggest producer of car in Nigeria will not make a dent of the, on the Nigerian economy? It's because of the scale. So as you start to ramp up scale, it has to be the case. But scaling is always a very, very important thing. So this year, apart from creating your value, you should also start to think of how to scale that value. Because, you see, scaling of your value is the alchemy of wealth. It's what trans transfers the life of a man or translates the life of a man from poverty into wealth. When you can take value and you scale it. 
One of the biggest drink in the world today is a certain fizzy drink. I wouldn't mention their name, but you know them. It's a cola drink. That cola drink started in a bottle. No, in, in a kettle. There was a man called uh, John Pemberton. was a scientist. And John Pemberton made this recipe of a healthy drink. And a certain man called Asa Kandla bought that recipe and produced that recipe on a large scale. And today, that recipe, people drink that recipe in over 198 countries in the world. So somebody will look and say, whoa, how did that recipe in John Pemberton's kettle that was made in John Pemberton's lab go around the 198 countries in the world. I tell them quickly it's the power of scale. And it's something we don't do too well in this part of the world. That's why we can't compete. Why don't we scale? Because we have very bad and, and lazy artisans. I don't want to use the word useless artisans, but sometimes I've dealt with a lot of them. And I think to a large extent, there's a, there's, a, there's a streak of uselessness going on in most of these artisans, which I want them to change. I know that word is very provocative. And it's not a, a denigration of the very hardworking artisans, but pervasively. You can hardly get an artisan in Nigeria that can do you good work. That mindset has to change. They wouldn't even stay. They wouldn't even show up. You wonder the kind of mindset they have. And that's why we need to focus on education because largely most of this problem is caused by the ineducation of the people. There's no sense of coherence, really. At least somebody that went to primary school and got good education should be able to read Google Map. You ask a lot of them, they say primary six. And at least we should even make it compulsory in this part of the world. that Because, you see, the illiteracy level is so high. We should make it compulsory up to at least secondary education. And if possible, get a diploma even if they don't want to go to university. At least we'll teach them civics, we'll teach them common sense, we'll teach them, you know, appreciation of language and things like that. Because one of the biggest costs on business owners is the fact that they have to retrain the very crude skill set we have. And most of the viable skill set, most of them are in Canada already. So please... It should be incumbent on us to focus on this, to be able to build scale. It's a year of opportunities. But how can you ramp up scale? A lot of us are so excited about our ideas alone and our invention, and that's the heart of stupidity. You know, Rufai, I'm an unconventional thinker. The beginning of stupidity is to be so excited about your invention. Ideas are bound everywhere. What you should be excited about is the capacity of scale for your invention. But here we think it's a big deal once you invent something new. Nothing is new under the face of the world. Yes, you can have an invention, that's excellent. But how can you scale it? So a lot of people are very stupid just with invention not the capacity of scale because what grows every nation is the scale of the invention not just the invention we should not limit ourselves just to the invention 
I don't know, maybe because of exposure, we are so deluded. Because the delusion by invention that we don't talk about scale. And I think it's a question we should constantly ask ourselves. Well, for the fact that you provide one smoothie that people, 10 people like, what you should be thinking of is how you can create that smoothie for 100,000 people and they should like it. Or 1 million people. But here we are so concerned about just those 10 people. They say, that's all. And that's why businesses don't thrive here. And everywhere, anyway, uh, the factors that will make businesses thrive are also subject to a lot of policies that a lot of thinkers need to put right in society. So it's a year for a lot of opportunities. But the question is, what do you have in your hands? Some don't even have anything in their hands. Those that have in their hands don't even know how to scale. You remember that important song, some have food they cannot eat, some can eat but have no food. That's the way it is. Those that can't scale their high ideas are like those that have food that cannot eat. Those that even don't even have ideas at all are those that can eat but have no food. But you know the end of that song goes this way. We have food and we can eat. Glory be to thee, Lord. Amen. The only way we can have food and we can eat is how we can scale in every facet of our life, be it in agriculture. The reason for the poverty is because we have not scaled. The reason why we have a lack in rice is because we have not scaled rice production. Why don't we import beans? Have you ever thought of that? <laughs> That's a good question. We are doing well in beans. I don't know, maybe if we're importing now, but largely we're doing well in beans. Or some people say it's not a staple like rice. Yeah. So what can we scale on? We don't import yam, so we're doing well in that. And we should also learn to eat our staple. That's another conversation we should have with ourselves. We should be food. We should be able to sustain our own food and sustain our own appetite and create what we can eat. And not just creating it, but scaling it. How many million metric tons? How many million of this, that, and other things in society do we want to create? Those are questions we should ask ourselves. Don't be excited about your idea as an entrepreneur. Be excited on how you can scale. Be excited on how 100 people or 1 million people all over the world can buy your software that you created here. Don't be excited about how only four Nigerian banks can use your software. Nigerians are very, very knowledgeable people. Most of the software used in the banking sector in Nigeria were created by Nigerians, even way back in the 90s. But why are those, why are those software not used all over the world? That's the big question we should ask ourselves. So isn't it time we start to think of scale? Yeah, you might say because we're a black man, there's a race and ethnicity. But if your product is very good, it will scale around the world. Nigerian businesses must have a global perspective. You must sell to the world. AFCT has happened, so you can sell to all the markets in Africa. The question again is, what do you have in your hands? It's a year of opportunity. 
I know a guy in, in uh, Aba that just signed a one billion naira contract. One billion naira contract. To do what? Guess what? Ask me what? To sew PPEs. All he did was when COVID started, he used to be a tailor. He would sew shirts. He just redirected his factory, bought new equipment that can sew PPEs, started delivering PPEs. Most of the PPEs worn by Nigeria is now sewn by that guy. Redirected it, met supply, and now he's got that one billion. He's using it to scale. He's increasing the number of PPEs he can produce. He's become a billionaire just because of COVID. If COVID didn't happen, probably wouldn't be a billionaire. So while you cry about how the COVID has destroyed businesses, I know one person that was nothing before, but because of COVID has been a billionaire because he had something to offer. And he was thinking scale. What is it you have to offer? Is it testing? Is it even a vaccine candidate? I'm happy that local pharmaceuticals are starting to think. For all you people that studied biochem in school, that say, oh, there's nothing about biochem, I'm going to work in a bank. This is the time to go back to what you studied and use that knowledge. The world needs you. No knowledge has ever been wasted. Let's start to look for new innovations. Let's start to create new factories, new bodies of thinking, new associative learning, because that's the only way the economy will boom. The good old days of Nigeria were not because of oil alone. When Nigeria economy did well back in the days, 50 years ago or 40 years ago, it was because we had a lot of factories. Across Ogun across State, for instance, Ijebu land, we had a lot of lace factories. My friend, I still keep saying I'll bring him up. My friend, Lake Constructor, his father owned one of the biggest lace factories in Sokas. Maybe I'll bring him up on my weekday show. Tune in for that. Great journalist now. So, it was because of those lace factories that created jobs for people. And they had things to do. The biggest social investment scheme ever in the history of mankind is job creation. The more you create jobs, the more you bring people out of poverty. People want to control their destiny, and they do that with the money they have in their hands. And how do we do that? We create an enabling environment to live our dreams. And we also think of scale. And we support one another. That's three minutes. I was going to signal you two minutes. It didn't just jump. Sorry.